Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Neil Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. Better you bet on the BetQL Network. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you. All right, coming up here in the Power Hour, uh, we will continue our conversation on if the uh, Niners going to win the Super Bowl. Who is the MVP going to be? And uh, we'll go through their first two playoff games. It's the Packers and the Lions. I think we came to a consensus, Ken, that McCaffrey would have won following the Packers game. Maybe a little more nuanced conversation as it regards the game we just saw on Sunday with the Detroit Lions where McCaffrey has the better stats. I kind of think that uh, that Brock Purdy's narrative would uh, would get him home um, from that particular game as we kind of uh, you know project things forward to Super Bowl 58. We will give you all our bets coming up for tonight in the NBA and the National Hockey League. Tyler Morales is going to give us five. That's right, five. Uh, golf bets for this weekend to Pebble Beach. Ken's going to give us an outright as well. Uh, Tyler's got live bets for us also. God bless him. Can't wait for that. Oh, the debut. We'll do that a little later. Live. Live. That's coming up later uh, later this hour. Rick Camp, our good friend, is going to join us in just a second. But we've got some breaking news in the NBA. And wanted to make sure I said this because Rick is on the phone. So it's possible. I know Rick has notifications turned on for Woj, etc. So maybe Rick didn't see this. I'm sure he still did. But just in case, uh, Joel Embiid ruled out for tomorrow's game, the Sixers game on Thursday against the Utah Jazz, will receive further evaluation on his left knee in the next 24 hours, uh, team official tells Woj. And ESPN. And Ken, you're speculating in the show chat, and it makes a lot of sense that Embiid's going to get shut down probably through the All-Star break, as it looks like he's not going to be able, or likely not going to meet the uh, the game's threshold to win and be eligible for postseason awards, namely, most valuable player. So with that serving as the backdrop, let's welcome to the show now 
our You Better You Bet family member, one of the sharpest minds out there when it comes to breaking down and handicapping the NBA. Does great work for our friends at 4 for 4 and Betsperts and hosts a podcast also about food, which is called I'm Fat, and it is really funny and sensational. Jay Zawoski, his podcast co-host, and it's our buddy Rick Camp. Please follow Rick on Twitter if you aren't already because he's awesome, at Rick C. Camp. My friend, welcome back to You Better You Bet with Nick and Ken. How you doing? I'm doing well. Good to talk to you guys. And yeah, the Embiid news, if anything, it's probably good for the long-term thinking of the Sixers because we all know the, the MVP wasn't going to happen anyway at this point. So you might as well get yourself as ready for the stretch run as humanly possible. So Rick, if you had to just play this out, okay, you know, Embiid's removed from consideration. He can't win. I'm sure you see what, what we all see in the market where Jokic is the guy who has, has gotten a lot of the win probability as the guy, he's the guy whose price has dropped the most, right? So the expectation among kind of betters right now is, okay, if Embiid's out, like the coast is clear for Jokic to maybe win his third most valuable player. Do you agree with that, that Jokic should have kind of gotten the most, uh, you know, win probability when Embiid was out? Do you have like a contrarian take maybe on the, how this is going to play out? Have you, as you've started to put this together, man, what do I want to do with MVP right now? What kind of conclusions are you coming to? I think maybe slightly more should have gone to Shea, like where Jokic is around minus 120, minus 130, depending on where you look. Maybe he should be closer to even money and Shea is down at like plus 250, something along there. Just like more nitpicking than anything. But it seems like it's the right four guys that are clearly in that tier separating themselves. But I, I know personally I have some Jokic and I have some SGA. I'm very content to just sit on my hands for a while right now and just let this play out some because I really do think it is going to come down to these two guys. Yeah, it, it's disappointing that Jokic is out tonight for that game in Oklahoma City. That would have been a lot of fun. But like looking at the greater context of both of these teams right now, you understand it, you get it. But I really think even though, you know, Luca took some of that probability and Giannis took some of that probability, at this point to me, it still comes down to Jokic or SGA. Um, any, any case to be made, Rick? Just like, because we were doing it on the show today, like prices that we think are likely to drop. Any case to be made for anyone else at like a bigger price that you think the price could come down here in the coming weeks? I would say probably Kawhi is the most likely at this point, but either him or maybe Jalen Brunson, just because of New York narrative, even though I don't think he should ever win it this year. And honestly, like at this point, same for Kawhi, considering what SGA and Jokic are doing, but those would be the two I would say are most likely to be able to move at this point. Rick, you mentioned how well the Knicks have played recently. Nick Nick has obviously talked about that a lot on the show. Nick also said earlier in the show he thinks maybe the Celtics are just going to like run away with the Eastern Conference. Maybe we'll talk about that in the final segment of the show too. We've talked a lot about the Eastern Conference on the show. It, is it wide open? Is it going to play out like last year where Miami, an eight seed, like a really fringe contender just by seeding standards, ends up on this miraculous run? Is it as simple as Boston steamrolls through everybody, but you have some questions about whether that can happen consistently or whether that's the most likely event. Um, have you thought about betting the East at all? And, and do you think it has a chance to get pretty crazy here? I think it could get crazy on the non-Boston side of the bracket. Like, I think there could be insane, you know, seeding positioning in that last week of the season 
whether up or down to try and be in, you know, the two, three, or maybe be that six seed, like that six seed, even obviously it carries all the importance because of not being in the play in, but also who could say that in that seven, eight game, you're getting even more just to try and avoid the eight, because there is that clear line of delineation between those top eight teams and the bulls and whoever the hell else out of that awful under 500 group would be the 10 seed in the eight, nine game. But really it's all about staying away from the Celtics. I do think the Celtics are still going to be able to, to get to the conference finals. At least I don't necessarily trust them in a finals matchup against somebody from the West, but they're at least the most stable thing right now in the East, but there is some variability that could be there. So just like, at price right now, Boston's plus 140, obviously the favorite to win the Eastern Conference. If you had to make a bet right now, Rick, like factoring in price, would it be the Celtics at plus 140? You think they're that likely to make the end? I'm not trying to like, this is not like a setup or a gotcha question. Legitimately curious as to your answer. I think the price is about right for that. I'm still, it's so with the, I've been kind of on Philly most of this time, even with everything with Embiid and, you know, Maxi just in the playoffs line to see more of it. Now the injury makes me a little more leery of them. I guess if I was forced to make a bet right now, I would take some, someone that's more of a long shot. I still think Boston is most likely, but whether it's someone like the Heat or the Knicks in that 14 to 16 range, that's probably something I would do right now just to try and build out a little bit more but honestly, at this point, I kind of want to just let the East more or less play out and just play Denver versus. That's kind of the way I look at it because I still think Denver, at least when you get to the playoff setting, is like so likely to, to win the title. They're the team that I'm happy I have. So the only team I have a title feature on at the moment. Yeah, I mentioned uh, that Denver over Knicks exact result. And I had a couple of people message me. I didn't realize MGM was hanging a hundred to one on Denver over Knicks. I don't think oh, yeah. that's still there. And I had like a bunch of people bet it yesterday and sent it to me. <laughs> it was like, here, didn't don't know if you saw this price. People were using odds boosts on this stuff. And we, we got we got great listeners. We got people that really seek this stuff out. It's great. And it was at our show sponsor. I uh, I didn't see that one. And it's a great great price i mean it's really good rick you mentioned denver and and kind of how you see the eastern conference playing out one one other award market and we haven't done it on the show and i want this like i could do 20 minutes on this you could do a lot too i want you to give me one like i'm we're feet to the fire here at the end of the year you can only you can only name one player in this answer you're not allowed to name more than one player or we ask you another question who is going to win sixth man of the year at the end of the year and why <laughs> I have no idea at this point, but forced to give an answer, I'm going to say Malik Monk. It seems like he does get a lot of that public support, and if Sacramento is going to keep doing what they've been doing in terms, at least you know, over the past week or two, making me look dumb for saying, hey, maybe them to miss the playoffs is not a bad look, uh, they're looking fairly solid in the top six at least right now. If they're able to stay there, I think I think he is the most likely at that point. He's who I would pick. I just still think Dallas ends up in the play-in. So if it's as close as those two guys, as the market is kind of saying it is right now, it could just be which team is better at the moment. And right now it kind of looks like that would be Sacramento. 
Uh, Malik Monk, plus 220 to be sixth man of the year in our show sponsor, BetMGM. You better you bet Nick and Ken here on a Wednesday, talking the NBA with our good friend Rick Camp from 4 for 4 and BetSperts. Rick on Twitter, at Rick C. Camp. I'll ask you the same question, Rick, framed the same way. Coach of the year, a lot of really interesting candidates, but I ask you, be a man, take a stand, pick one, or die. Just kidding. Uh, who do you think is going to win coach of the year? I, I really think it's going to be Mark Dagnall. I just the Thunder, it, it just everything you can stack up on their resume. Just being in the top four in general, regardless of where they end up in the top four, with as young as they are, with the fact that Sam Presti has not made any sort of move to push them forward. That's the other thing too. Is it's it's not like you have this big group of young guys and they brought in like that that veteran that galvanizes the group that really leads them forward. No, it's just the young guys. That's like, that's who it is. So I think it really does have to be him right now. And just the fact that he hits every, he hits every check mark for the types of things people look at. Are the, is there fun X's and O's things to be able to point out on, on Twitter and, you know, for the analysts to really be able to go at? Yes. Is there player development for everybody to be able to look at? Yes. Standings. Yes. Like, everything is there for that type of resume. And I think as long as they don't fall off and have some of their young guys hit a wall, I really think it's just going to be – there's so many guys that it's like this case is right in front of us and he ends up being the guy. As much as I would maybe hope it would be someone like Tyler. Yeah, and to be fair, like, if forced to answer the same question, I would have answered Dagnall too. Like, he's the most likely winner. It's just when you consider price, like, what's what's going to happen? Uh, and maybe he ends up kind of running away with us. We'll see. Like, obviously, they played Denver tonight with no Jokic. Maybe they get a win in that game. Rick, I saved you, like, two to three minutes for bets for tonight. We've got a bunch of games. I know there's a lot of injuries, some things we don't know yet, starting to get a little bit more clarity. But saved you a bunch of room here. Uh, any of your favorite bets for tonight? we got about two minutes to go. Okay, I've got a few three-point props that kind of feels, uh, you know, like a throwback for me on the show. Jalen Suggs over one-and-a-half threes is plus money, and San Antonio does give up a fair amount of above-the-break threes. That's where he's been getting a lot of his opportunities, and he's been really good uh, out on the perimeter for Orlando. His attempts are going back up after a bit of a lull, uh, and, you know, being injured for a game or two, so he's getting back to kind of what he was before. Uh, Tyler Hero over three and a half threes. I think this is one that kind of has implications moving forward. You know, with um, Eric Spolstra saying they want him to be more of a catch-and-shoot guy and also trying to change some of the shot diet for them. In the last few games, like since Rozier has been a starter, he's had 10-plus three-point attempts in every single game. It's only a three-game sample, but I do think that's more of what he's going to be trending to, and he's had five or four made threes in each of those games. So around even money for Tyler Hero to go over three and a half threes is something that I really like in Sacramento. They'll allow some above the break threes. They're another team that's like that. Uh, Bobby Portis also over one and a half threes. Again, when you look at something that's changed, and that's obviously the coaching situation, since Griffin's been gone, he's gone over this in every single game. And it's he's not getting a ton of attempts, but I think it's just, trying to think of spacing a little bit more for the Bucks, even though their offense has been great on that second unit, just having Portis spaced out a little bit so there can be drivers, then he can crash the glass offensively if they want anybody to do that anymore because they need to get back. And Cody Martin of the Hornets over four and a half assists, 
Lamelo's out. Rosier's gone. In games where both of those guys have been out, he's at six and eight assists. Not a ton of potential assists on that team because they're not very good. So, but he is a guy that gets the most potential assists. So I like over four and a half for him, and that's around that same area. And another bet that I saw someone else mention today that I looked into. Only 10 seconds to go. A future here, Hornets, fewest wins in the league at 20 to one. I think it's interesting. Oh, they're going to trade literally yeah. everyone except for like LaMelo Ball right. and like and, and Brandon Miller in the next little bit. Yeah, they're playing a little bit better. Rick, if we had time, <laughs> Rick, if we had enough time, I was going to ask you if Bulls fans, including you, showed your true colors when uh, Jerry Krause's widow was booed a couple of weeks ago, but we ran out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but it was great to have you on the show. Rick on Twitter at Rick C. Camp, 4 for 4, Betsperts, the I'm Fat Podcast. Stay well, man, and just so you know, there's always room on the Knicks bandwagon. Have fun with that. All right. Rick joining us here on You Better You Bet. Uh, Coming up next, uh, Niners Super Bowl MVP and Tyler Morales' golf bets for Pebble Beach. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Our bets for tonight to close the show. But let's continue the Super Bowl MVP conversation, Ken, that we had to close out our number three on today's show. And it's, hey, if the uh, the Niners win MVP, who do we think is going to win? And is there anything predictive in what we saw in their divisional round playoff win over the Green Bay Packers or their championship Sunday win a couple days ago? over the Detroit Lions. And I think the consensus that Ken and I came to was if there was an MVP given out after the Packers game in the divisional round, we think it would have been Christian McCaffrey. Uh, It's a little more complicated and nuanced, though, in the championship game, Ken, where I think you're leaning a little bit towards Christian McCaffrey and I'm leaning a little bit towards Brock Purdy. Like, do you feel strongly that McCaffrey would have gotten it in the NFC championship game? I feel pretty strong that Purdy would have gotten it. I think, uh, well, I tried to frame it as like McCaffrey's numbers are are the best, but the story of the game would have been Purdy. And the funny thing is, uh, another thing about how this award works, similar for uh, Outstanding Player of the Final Four in college basketball, an award that I don't ever want to talk about ever again, uh, it's the like the voters actually like, submit their ballot before the game is over. I think there's some some nuance here where like the the voters for uh, the media comprises 80% of the Super Bowl MVP vote. They actually write a name down and then with five minutes to go in the game, they submit that name and then they can change it if they want to. But there's this like process. So I think that actually would have been a game where they would have all submitted McCaffrey and then like some would have had to go back and be like, no, actually, Purdy, like that's. That's actually what I want because you would need obviously the information of the final drive of the game to make a decision. I don't know if that helps McCaffrey or not. Like, is everyone going to change their mind? But uh, I think it's close. And I think Greenlaw had a shot in the other game, like two interceptions in a, in a Super Bowl, if you play it out that way, isn't isn't like lost on us that he had two interceptions just and uh, yeah, I think McCaffrey just like a big name who had a who had a big game in that game, I think would win. But I guess the point of all this is even the game that Purdy maybe gets it both games present a pretty uh you know interesting conversation you can see merit in both sides and the market for this game reflects that too right you wonder why purdy so much more than unusual quarterback uh purdy plus 220 mccaffrey plus 450 right now to be mvp and our show sponsor bet mgm any anything else to be gleaned like from a this small or? difference can you we, i won't be able to i have a bad recall for super bowl mvp markets like I'm trying to think of like a, even a set. I don't even, even if you don't remember what the market is, like, I wonder what game we would have gone into 
where you would have this kind of small difference where the running back is actually, and people are going to be like, oh, it's like 220 and 450. Win pro, that's a very small difference in terms of how much each one is expected to win Super Bowl MVP. I'm trying to think of like specific teams where you would have had that small of a difference. And specifically um, running back, Ken, like quarterback running back uh, difference? How about, why don't we say quarterback running back? Why don't we say quarterback running back as the two favorites? Yeah, on a team. Like, can you, um, does, I'm, I'm sure you have a list of teams up. Does one, uh, does one stand out to you? Um, I'm trying to think of like, can't think of anything if recent. I have one, if I have one that like really just like, boom, like hits me over the head. And I, I don't know, like what, what was like, what were Russell Wilson and Marshall and Lynch in the two Seattle Super Bowls? Like the back-to-back oh, ones against the Broncos the and the Patriots. One, the Denver game. That would have been interesting. Was that Wilson's second year or was he a rookie when they played Denver? No, that was Wilson. Uh, well, they won the Super Bowl in Wilson's second year, but Malcolm Smith right. won that Super Bowl MVP. Right, but I mean the market entering that game because Wilson's such a young quarterback. Like, is that like would Marshawn have been? Do you think maybe that that difference would have been pretty small? I mean, I'm sure that market yeah. exists. I, I don't. It's tough well, to find, almost but. certainly, and like honestly, like maybe like, and I, I don't remember what it was, but entering that game, some of the defensive players for the Seahawks like had to be up there also because that was the story of the team sure. was the defense. Now Peyton Manning right. was obviously the favorite because then the Broncos were favored in the game, and Manning was right. the record-setting quarterback. And it's almost like, I, what was the difference between Man- Manning was obviously huge, I'm sure. Like Demarius Thomas was probably like like not close to Manning, but maybe right. the same as Russell Wilson or Marshawn Lynch. Man, because it's because it's funny. So it feels like, is that Seattle team the closest? Co- and I know it's like San Francisco doesn't have the Legion of Boom, but they have Second all four defensive players who people will like. Second year quarterback, same division, big time running back, going against a huge quarterback, which is also really funny. Is that like the best comp for not the style of team, but how they're rated in the Super Bowl MVP market? Maybe it's like that kind of a. Maybe like that's the best team to compare them to. I guess that's like flimsy because like the Legion of Boom defense was was better than what the Niners are rolling out. Even though the Niners in the regular season were rated pretty well, they weren't rated like. I mean, I can bring up Seattle's defensive ratings; they were better. Uh and then it's not even close to the same thing. But maybe like right. the two Rams Super Bowls with Kurt Warner, like Marshall Falk, right, had just, to have been way up there. Just three-time offensive player of the year, or something like that. I mean, he had to be a, a very low. But that's. It's actually a good one also. We're just, they both, well, to be fair, what do you think the Super Bowl MVP market was against the Patriots? Because they were such a big favorite in the game. Um, So it was, Warner's the favorite. What, uh, the second how, choice. do you remember what the point spread was in the game off the top of your head? F- f- 14. I mean, like. Right? What, I, yeah. Like it was, right? It was like, like, it was like two touchdowns. I was trying to, yeah, okay. So I mean, I'll, I'll 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 get that answer here in the next couple seconds. I wanted to say it was like a little less, but I I think you're right. Like that is thir- thirteen, I, I, 13 and a half? I have a bad recall for this stuff too, and I I mean I was literally a senior in high yeah, school, 14. so I was not yet betting on games. Um, I mean, what was so Warner's the favorite in in that market for sure? That he's at least the most Falk. likely player to win. But like, what was Warner's price? Like minus four hundred. Yeah, my, just, minus, you know, definitely minus. Favorite. And then yeah. I guess my question would be, how many other Rams would you have before you got to Tom Brady? And Brady, just because of how the Patriots were constructed, like, and the... <laughs> and you didn't know, if, <laughs> were... like, honestly, people would have probably been Bledsoe for Super Bowl That's MVP. what I was about to say. I swear I was about to say this. I just started laughing. I go, gambling content in 2001 or whatever that was, would have definitely been like Drew Bledsoe for, MVP, for Super Bowl MVP, like he's going to come in. Um, 
oh man that's crazy because like the other patriots i mean like antoine smith like kevin falk like these guys were such like zeros as like reasonable mvp bets too it'd be 10,000 to one you know like uh ty law lawyer malloy like all these guys so yeah like how many rams so figure warner's the favorite at a, i mean in a in up an oppressive price to win a super bowl mvp because you have to think about like people what you're gonna bet rams money line or you're gonna bet a little less and bet warner to win mvp falks maybe the two of them are so big that like it's a they're both a little less than i think but they're both like minus reasonably big prices and then like is isaac bruce the next name like is holt the yes. next name probably right? bruce yeah probably bruce bruce holt like brady then brady yeah yes <laughs> what a what a what a crazy market what did it like quarterback does is are we are we sure both receivers would be ahead of brady bruce i think def i think bruce yes figure like uh what are the what were the patriots to win that game on the money line probably like i mean 14 in an nfl game six to one i was gonna say seven like yeah so Brady's probably like, I don't know, probably 750, something like that. You think both Rams receivers would be less than 750? I think Bruce probably would have been because Warner Warner been such a huge favorite than like, yeah. I can't even imagine what those prices were when that, and that's, that's a market that gets offered a lot. And I, I think it would have been offered in that game too. I would have been, I would be, if anybody has any recall for that, that's listening, I would be really curious how that was distributed. Cause it's one of the rare Super Bowls where we like in modern times where we have like a massive point spread. And, uh, and obviously the Super Bowl MVP markets just like derived from that. And it would have been a crazy deriving. <laughs> it would have been really, really wild. I, I guess the, the other one that really comes to mind here where, I mean, is there so the Rams were a touchdown favorite in the Super Bowl against the Titans in the 99 season. Uh, the, game, right. the game pushed. Rams obviously won the game by seven. Yep. So Warner was the MVP. Like, there there couldn't have been that much of a difference between Warner and Falk, even though Warner was the league MVP that season. Like, Warner was favored, I'm sure, but it couldn't have been by that much. And they were a touchdown favorite, so, like, was Falk's price less than McNair's price? Yeah, I would say it's probably Warner, Falk, McNair like would be my guess. And then yeah. maybe like Bruce Holt, Eddie George. Yeah. Who uh who won MVP of that game? Uh Warner. Warner won MVP. Okay. Um and that was that's the Dyson stopped at the one yard line game, right? Yeah. Right, like help me out here a little bit. Okay, great. And uh, uh and do you remember who tackled him? Oh, Mike Jones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sure. That's no. That's that's. Right. There's no yeah. joke. That's actually the player's name. It's actually who it. No. I, yes. That's, 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 I'm, I'm way too spent right now to make up a joke like that. No, it was Mike Jones. That's actually who tackled him. What? Uh, well, and the funny thing is, I mean, I guess we have. I don't even remember the Super Bowl MVP market for the undefeated pay, for 42, for for Patriots I, Giants because like I don't either. I just I, bet, I wasn't I bet even the betting the game. Yeah, I was, I was at the game. I, I was working in Arizona. I bet the Giants. Yeah. I bet I have screenshots on my phone. At the time, I bet like five hundred dollars on the Giants, which which now would be like would betting. Be. I mean, yeah, a lot more. Yeah, a lot more. That's I, I I used to have some bets like that. I don't even think I was betting when that game rolled around, because um, year wise that was what February oh seven. February 08, oh, wait. 2007 wait, season. Sorry. The Patriots yeah. the Patriots closed 12 in the game. So, I mean, again, not quite as 
staggering as as Rams Patriots, but like. But how many Patriots so, right. are ahead of are ahead of Eli? How many Patriots like are ahead of Eli Brady for sure. Moss, hundred percent. Moss, Moss's price choice. in that game would have been really interesting too. Like a why? I I wonder if he's here's a fun. I mean, we're not going to know the answer. I wonder if he's the lowest priced wide receiver to win Super Bowl MVP ever in the market. Um, I'm Big curious. Like, I, I don't. And he broke the record. I, you know, like honestly, like probably going into uh, Super Bowl 24. So Rice won. So everyone remembers John Taylor had the game winning touchdown right. in Super Bowl 23 against the Bengals. Rice had 215 receiving yards in that game, and then the, the 89 Niners went 14 is and two. Is that still the record? I need to see. I think that's is that still the record for receiving yards? I think it is, right? Um, I'd have to, the Alex, if you look that up, like most most receiving yeah. yards in a Super Bowl, I want to see what the point spread was in the Niners Bronc. I'm looking that up right now. Niners Broncos Super Bowl, uh, which the Niners won 50. It's the first Super Bowl I remember watching. Uh, 55-10 in New Orleans. San Francisco was a 13-point favorite. I wonder if, if Rice had, Rice had, yeah, I mean, I mean, like that that might be the answer, would be Rice right. in that game. Like Montana, I'm sure, was the favorite, but I mean, Jerry right. couldn't have been far behind. And what about like uh, like the Niners Chargers Super Bowl? Because that was a huge point spread too, right? You know, I so I my guess would be only because Montana had won a bunch of Super Bowl MVPs at that point that that's like like Steve Young was always going to get MVP in that game. Like I feel like he the and the Niners, Niners money line would have been like the same price almost, just like as if they win, like he's winning. Which I, I think makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And that was that yeah. and that's like the whole narrative was that basically was like and it was and right. the line was like, is he gonna get the monkey off his back? There's a famous NFL films, he's on the sideline, like pulling an imaginary thing off his back. Like that was the whole narrative oh, heading okay. into the game. And you know, because obviously there have been other great wide receivers, but like, you know, like Michael Lord. Do you know what the spread the of triplets, that game was? Like they, Do you know what the spread of that game that'd was? Be my guess. Nineteen. Nineteen. And uh the nine. What was the final score? Forty nine twenty six. That's that's the first year that my parents like really figured out that I was like gonna watch a lot of games and really like watching sports, even though they didn't. And they wanted to have like a Super Bowl party for that game. And I was like, Oh, we have like there are parties for the Super Bowl. This is like so cool. Like, yeah, like let's do it. And we got that game. And I remember like everybody in my family, like my parents and my brother, I think by halftime. We're just like in the kitchen doing other stuff or like upstairs. <laughs> like it's just, oh yeah, this is gonna be so fun. Nah, actually, it's like twenty-eight nothing. Like we're actually like pretty good on this one. And it'd be a brutal game. Uh, trivia question, which you will not be able to get the answer to, which is no. not meant to be an insult. It's just really really like obscure. First two point conversion in Super Bowl history was scored in that game by what San Diego Charger tight end? You won't be able to get this. Really funny last name. Oh, I think I got it. I, the, a name popped into my head, I swear. Is it, uh, I don't even know if this guy played for the Chargers. Is it like a Polynesian last name? Yes. Mark Tatupu? <laughs> Cl- very, Alfred Papunu. Very close. Okay. Something like that. That was like the name that popped yeah, into no, my head. Yeah, no, you got it, like it some kind of like, like vowel thing. You basically yeah. got it. Right. Um, so, like, we, we can go, like, way back. Yeah. You know what? You know what's real? So, the Steelers-Seahawks Super Bowl, like, Roethlisberger obviously played poorly in the game. Um... Was, I, I don't know if Bettis would have been, because Bettis at that point was pretty washed, and he was like about to retire, and he obviously did retire. Right. I'm curious. You know what would what, what, what have been really interesting? Was Ravens-Giants Super Bowl 35? 
because the Ravens' right. defense was the big story. Jamal Lewis was an absolute monster on offense, and Dilfer was the quarterback, and they probably right. was not going to win. Like, was Ray Lewis the favorite? That's a, it's a great question. I mean, no, like like Dilfer, but man, like flat pricing maybe. The, a defensive the, player. I don't think a defensive player like can be. I think I don't know if people would bet you know it that the, way. Maybe they would. Do you know I mean, what, one of the best defenses you know what the ever. Points, you know what the point spread of that game was? No. Was Rave, Rave, Ravens minus three. The greatest money-making opportunity in the Hello, history well. of life. Uh, bets for tonight and golf bets to close the show on the other side. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. Thursday coming up tomorrow. But first, we have some thank yous to dole out before we get to Tyler and his golf bets, and then we'll give you our bets to wrap up the show. Four amazing guests today. Uh, John Daigle, Brian Baldinger, Anthony DeBundo, and our pal Rick Camp. Also, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Uh, we probably should do a better job promoting this during the show. I'll promote it heavily tomorrow. Uh, before the show today, we pre-taped like a, like a literal... 40-minute interview with, like, world-famous comedian Bill Burp and Paul Verzi, who's, like, a famous comedian in his own right as a Netflix special also. So Bill and Paul host uh, a podcast called Anything Better, sponsored by our show sponsor, BetMGM. So this was like, an awesome conversation where Bill kind of mocked me relentlessly, which I thought was great. Yeah. I, I mean, that's sincere. Like, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Um, kind of like, but took it and gave it, which was which was really awesome. Um Talked football, the Super Bowl, what we saw on Championship Sunday, and a ton of laughs, as you might imagine, with two guys as funny as that. So I would encourage people to check that out. There were F-bombs dropped, etc., and it was really long, so we can't play it on the live show, but it is in the podcast feed. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts, and you can check out the interview. I would really recommend doing so because I thought it was like really entertaining, in addition to all the good stuff that we bring you uh, during the show here on You Better You Bet. Uh, our executive producer is Alex Fasano, technical director Tyler Morales, our engineer Jake the Snake Assam, and our video producer is God's perfect creation, downtown Mike Brown. Coming up after us, a four-hour live betting extravaganza known to you and yours as BetMGM tonight. Okay, bets for tonight are coming up in a moment. But first, we got we to gotta hit the links here for some golf bets. Uh, not just PGA Tour, but golf bets also for Liv. 
from the comfort of their homes, You Better You Bet presents Golf Bets. Now up to the tee box, it's Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and Tyler Morales. Uh, our friend Tyler Morales is with us. Hello, Tyler. Oh, no. Our friend, our friend Tyler Morales is with us. Hello, Tyler. Oh. Yep. Hello, Tyler. <laughs> Hello, Tyler. Hello, Tyler. Hello. Hello, Tyler. Are you with us, Tyler? I, I'm just, I'm just letting, I'm letting, I'm letting the entire crew know everyone's getting fired if we don't get Tyler's microphone up here at some point in, in like the next like 30 seconds. Tyler, are you there? <laughs> hey guys, can you hear me? Yes, it's a little now better. We've got you. you see, yeah. everyone's job has been saved. Uh, so, yeah. Tyler, we got a couple events going on this weekend in the world of golf. We got Pebble Beach, and we got something. I don't know where the live event is. You can tell us. Uh, what are the golf bets coming up for this weekend, my friends? All right, this Pebble Beach tournament might get a little nuts this weekend because, like, the weather is so bad. Like, this either might end after 54 holes, or this. I don't even know if they can play this on Monday because the weather, the Monday's weather is even worse. So, like, I don't really know what's going to happen here. The weather. If we're supposed to get like 50 mile per hour winds on Sunday. And then like 40 on Monday. So I don't know if the PGA Tour is going to put their players out there like that. So just be ready for anything when it comes to this golf tournament. The weather seems fine the first three days. And then Sunday, it's going to get a little nuts. So uh, a lot of there's been a lot of golf long shots that are, that are hitting. I'm not saying a golf long, long shot will win this tournament. But Scheffler's played here once. He's missed the cut. Rory's played here twice since 2010. And Hovland hasn't played in a few weeks. And he changed his swing coach. So I kind of want to wait and see with him. And a lot of these guys really haven't played this event because people usually skip it for the waste management that's coming up next week. But this is a signature event, and they're playing for $20 million. So, of course, all the good guys are going to play. So here are my golf bets. Let's go. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, uh, I took 20 to 1. BetMGM is the king of Patrick Cantlay prices. They're the only one with 20 to 1 right now. He's had two bad events in a row, and his price, like, crashed. If he was playing well, this is, he's probably, like, 12, 13 to 1. Great course history, game fits, all that. Game fits the course, but that's not why I'm betting him. Like, this is essentially like a half-field playoff event, except it's at, it's not at the end of the season. And these guys are playing for a $20 million per, a purse. Canley crushes in setups like this. Three of his last four wins were at the BMW Championship, the Tour Championship, short field, big purse events like this, and lost in the playoff last year to our guy, Lucas Glover. So in setups like this, Canley usually plays really well. I'm willing to bet that he's going to bounce back at a golf course that he's destroyed in the past. We haven't seen a 20-1 to 1 on Patrick Canley in a non-major in forever. People don't want him. This is when I take him. So Patrick Cantlay, 20 to 1. I'm apparently a masochist because I'm going back to Ludwig Obert here. He missed six to seven putts within five feet last week. If not, if you're not winning, you should have finished in second. And even with those missed putts, he still gained strokes putting because he's really good from outside of 10 feet. Like he's not a bad putter. He just had a bad day. And I don't think he's missing those again. Has not played here, but he's so good. I don't think that matters at all. He's such an outlier. And if this gets like really windy, Ludwig hits the ball uh, off the tee with his irons better than most people. And he, he can ride his ball flake and ride the wind. So I'm going to take my 28 to 1. I think that price is a little nuts, too. And let's go over some long shots here. Eric Cole, he's back. Nobody wants him after he missed the cut last week. He made 18 in a row and then missed the cut. He, this is the kind of golf course where he wins or but wins, where he shines. He hasn't won yet, but he's going to. Short approach shots, small green, scrambling. And also statistically, here's a fun stat. Top 10 scoring average in, in wet and windy conditions, which we might get this week. So Eric Cole, 66 to 1. This guy is low-key back, Hideki Matsuyama, 70 to 1. If this weather gets nuts also, he is like, he is who you want in wet you, and windy he, conditions. Ty, uh, Tyler, is is it low? Is he just like, is he low-key back or is he like back back? No, he's low-key. Hideki low back, key. You, low back key. Yama? Yeah. 
Okay. Is he's he, Loki. Is he's he, not fully back. Is he, is, so he's he's next. He's not now. Yeah, he's next. He's coming. A win's coming. The, the, the results are improving. He's hashtag next on the PGA Tour. Not now, but I think this week we might get to the next step. We might get now after next week. So I like him, 7-1. <laughs> to one. And Sahith Nagala, like the price is insane for someone who can win any tournament, but he might go 10 over and miss the cut. Like the, the volatility with this guy is off the charts, but he's from California. Some reason California golfers do well in the state of California because I'm assuming, I'm assuming they're used to the, the greens and the weather there. So he's 80 to 1. I thought that was nuts as well. So we're going to take Sahith Nagala. So Patrick Cantley, my guy Aubert, Eric Cole, Matsuyama, and Sahith Nagala, and what everyone's waiting for lives in Mexico this week. First event of the year. We have no stats. We have no live strokes game data. We don't have anything. At some, I, like, I went to a live event last year. It's an awful watch. It's awful to follow. Louis Oosthuizen, 33 to 1. He's won his last two tournaments in Europe. He's won back to back. I mean, the Louis 3P might as well happen and live. And we're going to take Carlos Ortiz, who's from Mexico. This is going to be his first live event. He's going to be motivated. I don't know if, like, John Rahm or any of these guys have played. So we're going to go with guys that have played and have won recently. So Louis Oosthuizen and Carlos Ortiz for Live Mayakoba. Look, I, I have nothing to offer here. I just love the idea of Carlos Ortiz is going to be motivated because they're playing in Mexico, and that's where he's from. <laughs> he said he's from Mexico. And also, like, oh, well, what'd you bet on John Rahm? Well, no one knows if he's been playing any golf because this is all, like, made up and fake. Well, I mean, he's, uh, well, to be fair, he's, he's, he's got a lot of money to count, so. Yeah. And, he, and the Masters, like, the next tournament that he cares about that he'll play in is in like two months in a week and he's got plenty of time to get up to speed God, can 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 we can we go to live i mean what no. a gig no we can't go to live <laughs> like that's, that's just especially like Oost, like these guys like what ian poulter went to live like these like past prime players man like what a sick paycheck to get on the way out the door like i'm never gonna win on the tour again i'm barely competitive oh 20 million dollars oh yes yes i would love that parachute I can't oh, believe. Oh wait, what? That's oh, really great. oh, what's that? What's that? Uh, we're, we're sports washing for for Saudi Arabia. Oh, well, I I can't hear yeah, you with all this money then. in my ear. Right, yeah. I, I can't I right. can't hear you <laughs> with all these diamonds in my ears. Right, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, Ken, you you have an outright for Pebble Beach. I agree with Eric Cole. That was the one name that stood out to me on the board. Uh, so I'll I, I think a couple bucks on Eric Cole is a really good idea. Great. I'm gonna bet Matsuyama. Duh. Yeah. So I'll be on Hideki's. Loki Hideki. Yeah, yeah one so one so one so well last week. Let's run it back. All right, and those are the golf bets coming up for this weekend. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Uh, hockey and basketball bets coming up right now, which means it's time for our friend Jake the Snake to kindly drop the dope ass beat. All right, every time you make a wager at our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sports books, which I'm starting to like find that funnier and funnier. Just like what a great gimmick that is. Like the king of sports books is awesome. You earn BetMGM rewards points. And I mean that seriously. It's not like that wasn't a joke. Like I actually, I love it. You earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens or converted to MGM rewards points that can be used towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM. Dot com. Ken, what do you have for, for tonight for us here in the NBA and the National Hockey League? Man, I've, I've kind of, I'm kind of already on the all-star break for hockey, honestly. I know we have a few games tonight. Maybe maybe you have something in those games. I'm, I, I'm done until we get back from, from all-star. Uh, two bets in the NBA. Uh, I'm going to lay the Clippers. You get a break on the price because Paul George is out. 
but this is a team that like has tons of scoring and can easily fill like the shots that he creates, especially against a bad team. So I kind of view it like you're just getting a break on the price on the Clippers, uh, off a loss too, which for them has been really good. Nine and a half on the road against Washington. And then a couple guys playing tonight, uh, Garland for the Cavs and Cade for the Pistons. That's caused the total in this Cavs game, a Cavs game. 232 is the total in a Cavs game like I'm I'm good Garland and Mitchell like have trouble mixing together like their offense together has not been that good I'm gonna bet it's clunky tonight uh I'll play the under in that game and we'll see how it goes and I'll lay the Clippers on the road um I kind of want to go oppo with you and go mano we mano on the Clippers Wizards game fourth road game in six nights for the Clippers my guy Palal Koulibaly is playing really well for the Wiz. I'll, I'll take a shot on the Wizards, and I'll also take a shot on the Pistons to cover the spread against the Cavs as they work to integrate Darius Garland back into the lineup. So, too, and just for what it's worth, I've been getting smashed in the NBA, so, like, fade my picks. Um, and in the Ducks-Sharks game tonight, so San Jose played last night. You joked yesterday on the show, Ken, that the Sharks play, like, every night heading into the All-Star break. The Ducks haven't played since Saturday. Like, big-time rest advantage here. I actually think the Sharks might win the full game because they're actually playing well right now. I'll play the Ducks first period, minus a half, plus 125. Ducks to be winning at the end of the first period, plus 125 against San Jose tonight. Ken, enjoy your Wednesday. Good luck with the bets, and I'll talk to you tomorrow on a Thursday. Sounds good. More Super Bowl. Yeehaw. Yeah, more Super Bowl. I'm getting then and then the, the Friday and the Monday and Tuesday. Uh, but until we meet again, dear listener and dear viewer, I'm Nick Costos, and I'm wishing you minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. We will talk to you tomorrow on a tremendous football Thursday. Thanks for listening to You Better You Bet. Up next, it's Bet MGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.